Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest was first on our screens in Maiden Chelsea. Since then, she's worked extensively in fashion, in beauty and in fitness. She's married to Hugo and she has a little baby girl called Sienna. It's Millie McIntosh. Hello. Hi. Thank you for the lovely intro. And I'm very well, thank you. I'm so excited that we finally managed to make a date work. Um, I've wanted to um, come on the podcast and chat all things motherhood for a while. So I'm, I'm really happy that we've made it work. Thank you. How's your day been? It's actually been a really, really amazing day because Sienna said her first word today and it was... <laughs> Mama, and <laughs> no uh, I just feel like it was a really like big milestone day. So I'm in a really. Do you good know mood. how many babies say "dada" first? Right, I know that's what everyone always says. They always say "dada." It's easier to pronounce. Apparently, I said "dada" first, and Hugo is actually quite furious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's so good. Uh, and I got it on camera because I was actually recording. My day to day, occasionally I kind of do it like day with us on my Instagram stories and I record throughout the day as much as possible, like Sienna's routine and all the things we do together. So I was filming her and saying, say hello, mama. And she actually just went, mama, 
and I had the camera on her face. And like, when does that ever happen? You're actually filming when, you know, something happens. And so I feel really grateful I've got the moment on camera as well. And also, because there's always that moment where you're like, did she say that? Did she? And now you've got it there. Like, it's That's actually, evidence. If she, and then if they don't do it again straight afterwards, then, you, you know, I would have got Hugo to come in and gone, Sienna, do it again. And she wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have believed me. Now you know, though, that whenever she's hurt, whenever she wakes up in the night, it's going to be mama until she can say dad. Or oh. is it already you anyway? <laughs> uh, I did. I feel she is a real daddy's girl. But yeah, someone else did say that to me. They were like, once they start, it's literally like mama, mama, mama. And they're like mummy, mummy, mummy all day. And you're actually a bit like, oh, my God, help. Um, but today it just felt very special so Millie what was your childhood like where did you grow up so I grew up in Wiltshire I've heard of this I've seen it on a map somewhere it's like southwest of England is what it's about an hour and a half from London and really beautiful countryside and lots of lovely kind of downs and my childhood memories are like lots of lovely family walks playing in the garden, children's parties, cakes, you know, just all the good stuff. Um, yeah. lots, of fam- lots of family time. Um, I've got a younger sister who's um, 13 months younger than me. So wow, we're really close in age. that's quite close, yeah. Yeah, we're still really close. We were really close um, in my childhood. And, yeah, I think that's why, for me, I've just always wanted to be a mum because I just had... I feel really lucky I had this really amazing family unit and... And that really kind of made me want that too when I grew up. And So you always and, felt like it was going to be part of your future if you could? Yeah, definitely. I always kind of, in my head, was like, I can't wait to be a mum and, and start my own family. Yeah. How did you and Hugo meet? Because you met quite young. <laughs> we met quite young. We actually met when I was about 16 um, in a nightclub. Um, in a in nightclub an, <laughs> which That's I was 16. probably too young to be in I'm like Sienna never listened to this oh, oh god that sounds awful um, we all did it Millie I we really all did worry. it yeah um, and the nightclub was called Bougie and it was in South Kensington and I can't remember what night it would have been but we used to like go out on like weeknights it could have I mean I, I can't remember what night it was but we, we were young to, and used, reckless then. Yeah, we used to go. We used to just remember going out on like a Tuesday night. Why? It's a Tuesday. Like, of course, oh you go out on a Tuesday. Why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Like, what else would you do on a Tuesday night? Literally, feels so long ago. Um, and well, it was a long time ago. So we met uh, in a nightclub and we snogged. And then, but we didn't like start anything. We just kind of knew each other, fancied each other. There was a bit of that kind of past history where, you know, he'd hooked up with one of my friends. I'd probably hooked up with one of his friends. So we kind of like weren't really allowed to go there. Yeah. We kind of knew each other and it took us a couple of years until I, I think when I was about 21. But then we were then in a relationship when we were on the TV show. Um, the relationship was real and stuff played out on the show. And then we like didn't speak for a long time. And then like about just over five years ago, we um, kind of like reconnected as friends and then got back together and yeah, the rest is history. Was there a feeling when you got back together, you know, you've shared that history, you've both gone your separate ways and then reuniting. Was there a feeling of if we're doing this, we're all in and it's everything. It's marriage, it's having a family. It was kind of like an unsaid thing. I can't, it was just really serious really quickly and I, we didn't even really need to have that conversation I think we just both knew how we felt about each other and it was very different to when we were together before because we'd both grown and changed a lot as people and it just felt different Um, and I I remember a friend saying to me she was like you're gonna get married and have babies and I was like oh I can't even think about it like I was like I don't want to jinx it I don't even want to think about it but like in the back of my head it it was what I wanted Um, and uh, yeah here we are (laughs) So after getting married, how did you decide the right time to start trying for a family? Was that a conversation that you had or was it just a case of let's just see what happens? It was when we got engaged, I remember we talked about it and I said, okay, so I want to get married in a year. And like we got engaged like in the summer. I was like, okay, let's get, I want to get married next summer. 
and then I want to start trying a year later and then I want to have a baby a year later and that's literally how it happened <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I am a planner I like I like to plan so I, I actually couldn't believe it when it actually did come off like that because you don't know that's right? you don't know how oh, long it's going to take it's very unpredictable young you spend so much time going or trying not to get pregnant right. so that when you actually switch that on its head and go no now we're doing this to get pregnant you just don't know what's going to happen until you actually start I know. trying we um literally <laughs> said okay we'll start trying on this day and five days later i was pregnant <laughs> and so we didn't, like we're we... gonna have so much sex it's gonna be brilliant all of a sudden no we're not <laughs> we, we went we went on holiday and i was using like a track i used like an app to track my cycles and i knew when we were away it was like the end of my kind of fertile time and i and i, I kind of mentioned it to him but i didn't want to like freak him out but we had this like one night where basically we had like a chance and it was like the first night of our holiday and when we woke up the next morning we both just knew I can't explain like he was like that was it wasn't it and I just was like yeah and then the rest of the holiday we didn't really talk about it like we just kind of had a nice time um but I didn't really drink kind of thing and then when we got home um I took a test and was pregnant and that was that that's I really, incredible I was so shocked like I Remember, I'd, I woke up at like 5 a.m. with jet lag and I had got a test the day before when we'd got back from holiday and I took it. But I, I then like forgot. I went and made a cup of tea, went next door and about an hour later, I went back, went back into the bathroom and was like, oh, yeah, turned over. I was like, ah. <laughs> I went and like woke him up screaming. Um, and he was just like, what? He really was because I had said to him, honey, it's going to take at least like six months. So he was really shocked. <laughs> but I thought most of my friends said, oh, it takes, it will probably take between three and six months. I don't know yeah. your experience as well. I feel so lucky that it happened like that. I just really thought that pe it was quite rare that it happened like that, but it does work. Yeah, it just happens for some people like that. That's yeah. incredible. Um, so but good. then I, I sometimes worry, like, I would love to have another baby. I'm not in a rush to do it at all. I actually quite like to wait till... Sienna's a little bit older and kind of going, starting school and stuff before I have another baby. But you just, it's really hard to know. Like if I have friends that had a baby really easily the first time and then it took them a while the second time and they we had to even have some like fertility treatment. And yeah, you just don't, you just really, you, you don't know until it happens to you. So but I guess you can't, there's no point worrying about things. You've just got to, you know, you deal with it when you get there. Yeah. Um, and I'm That's not, so I don't know what, I'm not sure what your experiences have been, if you don't mind me asking. I've been getting pregnant. Mm. Um, so I had, oh, I have PCOS. So the, my first pregnancy ended with a miscarriage. Um, I'm uh, and so then, sorry. That's okay. And then, um, and then I fell pregnant with Buzz about eight or nine months after that. And then a Buddy was very quick. Uh, and then Max was. A nice little surprise. Okay. <laughs> I'd always I, said, in another two years, we'll have another one. And yeah. then I, that just happened, you know. You know. And after the two age kids, gaps? it was nice that we were having sex. You know? <laughs> so that was <Yeah>. good. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so our age gaps are two years and then two and a half. So they're quite close together. So I feel like we've had seven full-on years because they are now six about to turn seven, six, uh, five and two. So it's all wow. a little bit bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Our lockdown experience is very loud, Millie. Very, very loud and chaotic. Sienna's at this stage, just talk, when you talk about noise, and I'm not sure if this happened with, if your kid did this. I'm sure like all babies do it, but she's, she shrieks. And it's some, and it's sometimes I think, when, you know, when she's excited, sometimes when she wants your attention, you know, she's just expressing herself. She can't talk yet. So she just, you know, she's really just testing out making noises and seeing how loud she can be. But it's like, piercing my eardrums loud and sometimes I'm like it's like I'm not feeding her fast enough or talking to Hugo or I'm looking at my phone or something and she's kind of going mummy like look at me and <laughs> other times yeah she just seems to be excited but I mean I, there's nothing to I guess you've just got to be glad that they're 
you know, communicating in some way. Yeah. I sometimes honestly worry about it's going to damage my hearing. <laughs> Your hearing. That was one of my yeah. favourite things, I think, in, in baby groups, is every every week babies coming in and them exploring new sounds, where you'd have one baby yeah. blowing raspberries or doing this weird <sighs> sound, and the mum would be like, yes, yeah. he's discovered this sound this week, and he's yeah. just doing it on repeat. So who knows? She might move on to something else next week that's not quite yeah. so piercing. What was your um, pregnancy like? Did you have a good experience or did you feel, did you have sickness? I ha- I, I would say I felt it a lot. Like I, I, I didn't just breeze through. I had a lot of the symptoms. I, I felt, I found it hard emotionally and physically, but it was also mixed with so much joy that I was pregnant and yeah. I did still, so I didn't, I wouldn't say it was like a negative experience, but I loved the fact I was pregnant, but it was tinged with like pelvic pain, which was really uncomfortable and got me quite down. Um, morning sickness at the beginning. Um, I struggled with a bit of anxiety, just generally around like the health of the baby, even though mm. I had no reason to be worried. Just with it being a first pregnancy, I anything from early on, I got lots of cramps. I don't know if you got that in any of your pregnancies. Yeah. It's quite common with a first pregnancy. And I was convinced that every time I was having these cramps, I was like losing the baby. I had a bit of unexplained bleeding, so that was a few trips to hospital and nothing was wrong. But each time again, you think, okay, why is that bleeding? And it's scary. But being a mum, it's just really scary. <laughs> it starts and that's when you're the first pregnant. bit of it as well. It's yeah. just that, you know, the, that first bit is literally that, well, first of all, trying to get pregnant and then trying your hardest to almost keep it is yeah that, and I think so it happened the first 12 weeks feel like that for sure yeah that you're scared to even think that it might be because it what if it's not and yeah and I definitely felt that my first pregnancy that, that sadly did end in a miscarriage I definitely had that feeling because that happened so quickly I had that feeling of I was too lucky I felt like that too like and I, when I found out it was a girl as well I was like oh my god I always wanted a girl and and I, we tried, got pregnant on the first try. Like, who gets that lucky? Like, I was, yeah. I, I had the exact same feeling. Like, it could yeah. be taken away from me because who gets to get what they want? Like, life isn't like that. We're always told that. So, I, I definitely really felt that fear as well. Did it, it ease off? As you, I, I think so. Did it ease off as you got further into your pregnancy? Because then you had to contend with the whole covid thing which obviously then threw up yeah. loads of things in terms of hugo even being allowed in the hospital because i know loads of families are having that with their partners yeah. did that make you feel quite anxious just not knowing what you were going to be allowed to do when yeah the baby i'd arrived? say the anxiety kind of second trimester like you know as, as after my 20 week scan I, I felt calmer and we'd been kind of told everything that seemed normal and the pregnancy was progressing well um, and I had quite regular scans, um, even just for my own peace of mind, that I, so I knew that she was fine. Um, mm. And then COVID, it was really scary because there was different information being shared and it wasn't very clear. Pregnant women were put into the high-risk category. But with, yeah. So suddenly I was like, so is COVID really dangerous to me and my bun board maybe? But it, and it actually wasn't, but that was very misleading and that was really scary. I remember being really upset um, and then about three weeks before my actual date of the birth, because I was having a C-section, I knew when it was, I found out that Hugo wouldn't be able to stay in the hospital with me. So I knew I was going to be in a couple of nights because I was having a C-section. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard to come to terms with. I'm glad that I had a bit of time because it, it allowed me to like make peace with it. Um, but when I found out, that was really upsetting. And, he, you know, he couldn't come to my last kind of appointments and scans and... We'd FaceTime, but it just, you know, it wasn't the same. But I feel very grateful that I had him there with me at the beginning when I was, to be honest, more scared about the pregnancy. Um, at that end point, I was just so ready to meet the baby and um, I had a great obstetrician and a great mm. midwife. And he was able to be at the birth, which is the main thing. And It's just that know, thing, isn't it? They are your pillar whoever you've chosen to be in that room with you yeah they are your support so when you're suddenly told they can't be with you until this point and then they have to leave after this point it's suddenly because you know that birth is a thing where you just yeah. don't know what is going to happen you kind of just want that support network there at least something that is certain yeah 
It must it have been so weird long. him leaving. It was. But at the same time, I was so tired and, yeah. you know, all these, like, drugs were in my system from having the surgery. I was really drowsy. And I had, like, the midwives being amazing because I'd had, had a C-section, like, kind of helping to um, change Sienna's nappies and, and like, you know, help me with breastfeeding and show yeah. me um, how to get a good latch. And I was so focused on just want... I really wanted to breastfeed and I was really focused mm. on that. And um, I was in two nights. It went really quickly and then he was able to come to the hospital to pick me up to go home. Yeah. And it was I actually... It was, was really scary leaving the hospital to go home. I don't know how long, if, how long you spent in hospital... Um, when, when you had your first, but the it first was, I was so scared to leave. I was like crying and hugging the <laughs> midwife, like, no, I'm not ready to do this on my own at home. Um, it was really overwhelming because I just kind of got used to being in the hospital and like how it was all working. And yeah, uh, yeah. And then I was like, now I've got to like get home and figure this all out at home. But also because you had surgery so I, I always say like c-sections they're no small thing so you've had that and at least when you were still in hospital you had people who could be looking after you helping you with sienna whereas when you go home i know hugo's there but it's slightly different from like having your partner to having medical people yeah, surrounding exactly you. like you've got like trained medical staff there yeah. like, just in case of you know that it does make you feel more safe and you're like you've got this tiny little human to take home and take care of and they're so fragile but then also looking back those first few weeks are so special and yeah. the house was just filled with peonies it was may it was beautiful weather outside there was constant cakes and just <laughs> constant baby snuggles um and actually i remember that more than the sleep deprivation and the crying and the you know painful cracked nipples because you do, oh, like, romanticise it a bit, I think. Yeah. I mean, you've just said peonies and cake and newborn snuggles, and that is a, a, such a romanticised version of that first few weeks. Yeah, just forget all the other stuff. <laughs> Your brain actually makes you forget. I've been told this. It's like... Otherwise, we wouldn't want to keep having babies. So, like, your brain, like, forgets the pain of the childbirth, forgets yeah. the trauma, and then just makes you remember all the, the good bits. Well, you did bring us straight down to earth with cracked nipples. So, you know, oh. we weren't getting too comfy there. There's nothing um, like that pain, but you saying I have to it say literally. It's so painful. Worse than my C section pain. Really? Breastfeeding was much more painful for me than any pain related to my surgery. I remember like calling my mum crying, being like, ow, it hurts. Oh. But it, it, it gets easier. I, I, I use nipple shields actually, and that really sorted me out. I did. I did. did and so did too. my sister. Yeah. It's that thing, just give your nipples a bit of a break. And also yeah. for me, like, um, uh, Buzz was quite a small baby, so it kind of helped us both a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it helps they them definitely get saved. the shape. Like, the, it depends on the shape of your nipple. And then, like, Sienna, because she has reflux, like, it, I didn't, and I didn't know, even really realize how bad her reflux was when I was breastfeeding. Um, it made sense a lot when I stopped, um, but the shields really like helped. If I hadn't used shields, I wouldn't have, have been able to breastfeed for more than a couple of days. I don't think. Well, there is. It's just that pain, isn't it? I, I last time around, I got those pads as well that you can put on. I know they've, and then there's things like cabbage leaves, and the whole breastfeeding thing was just uncomfortable for so many reasons. How painful is it when your milk comes in? Mm. Like my boobs. <laughs> I look back at pictures. They are as big as my head. Right, and, and they, it's crazy, and it's every single part of the breast tissue yeah. it does something everywhere. Just so swollen. I've got a picture of the day my milk came in. I think it was like the day after I got back from hospital, like properly, like all came in. Yeah, and it, it's like my skin is so tight. And I just remember they were like popping out of my like um, nursing nighty that I had, and it just like, nothing fit because like yeah. it's just it's just insane. And but then they're dressed, also like, like rocks, like rocks. absolute rocks. And they just keep they keep going down and filling up and going down and filling up. Yeah. And the worst bit about breastfeeding for me, and don't get me wrong, I loved the like you know connection with Sienna and it, we had some special moments, but the pumping mm. is such a pain. And I and I was like, why do I have to pump? And can't I just breastfeed? And then I realised I had to pump because otherwise I was getting really like blocked and I didn't want to yeah. get mastitis. So 
the pumping that just came with breastfeeding, if I wanted to breastfeed, I had to do the pumping as almost like kind of like maintenance. And then yeah. obviously having like the milk, like extra spare milk was useful as well. And like had like a store in the freezer. I but became I actually, obsessed I had, with the freezer store. I love. I had the so much store milk. milk. <laughs> I had like almost too much. I had more milk than I needed. Yeah. And so I was constantly just having to make sure I'd like drain my boob properly, and just the, the sound of the pump, having to clean the pump. Have you got all the pump? The pump. The pump parts. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's ingrained oh, in my head. When you have so to do it in say, the night. Oh. I know. But third time round, I actually discovered two new products that I hadn't had the, uh, the first and second. A hacker, which is literally like a silicone yeah, cup I that use goes that. on. Really cheap. And the other one is an LV, far more expensive, but just yeah. it literally goes in your bra and you can go about your day and forget about it. The amount of taxis that I've sat in the back of expressing with an LV in my bra, it was incredible. Um, yeah, I've got so, friends that really, that I saw use that a lot. I had a, the Medela one, which, which I had a bra. So, yeah. yeah, so I could, I would, I would walk around with it on or at least be able to like make dinner or something with it on. I always felt a bit like Madonna with that, with the bra yeah. on with those. Yeah. Madonna gone wrong or Madonna gone maternal. There yeah, you, you can't really hide it. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't be like really driving or something. Well, I mean, you could, but yeah, it's a look. When did you, um, when did you stop breastfeeding and was that a difficult decision to make? I stopped uh, when Tiana was about four months old mm. and I'd, in my head I planned to do it I thought okay I'm gonna if I'm once I'd got into it I was like okay I'll, I'll do it for at least six months and then see so I was I, I was hard to stop initially yeah but, but Sienna it was combined with the timing of um discovering Sienna's hip dysplasia and that was actually when she was around three months old mm. and she had to wear a special harness for six weeks and this harness literally like pulled her legs up like this like she had to wear it like all day and it made it really hard to so she had her legs are in a fixed position she's kind of almost like a little in like a frog and yeah. she was really it was her body was quite stiff like because she's like you know being held like this so trying to feed her in the harness became really mm. awkward and uncomfortable and we both weren't enjoying it it got quite stressful it just really combined with yeah. discovering realizing around that time I was also right recommended to read a book by a friend called the sensational baby sleep plan I've read and, it I love it yeah and <laughs> by the amazing Alison and it's like I, I wanted to figure out a way to kind of get Sienna into a better routine um she would cry for hours every evening and it, it was really stressful this is before the harness like the harness made her extra distressed but she all the way through it had this kind of witching hour or slash three hours in the evening when she'd been really difficult and people had just said oh it's just baby's cry and she's just you know she's just tired and blah 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 and when I read the book I was like interested in, in how to do sleep training and stuff like that it said you can't do any of this kind of controlled crying and sleep training if the baby has any of these issues so if the baby has any of these symptoms you need to get to the bottom of it went through the list was like yep 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 right she's got silent reflux then I literally was like messaging Alison. She, we got on the phone. She was so helpful. Um, I was actually in tears because she was just like, don't worry. Like she was like, we are going to do something about it. This is not normal. Your baby shouldn't be crying like this and we're going to sort it out. Um, we spoke to a gastric specialist and he recommended that she went on to a prescribed formula um, mm. as well as medication for her reflux. And we put her onto the medication straight away. I... I needed a bit of time to decide I was ready to stop breastfeeding. So maybe it took me about another two weeks. I spoke to a very good friend of mine and she said, look, don't you don't have to decide to give up to stop breastfeeding. It was on a Friday. She said, why don't you just pump all weekend and give her so that your milk supply is not going to dry up over the weekend. Just like keep pumping, yeah. give her the formula if she'll take it. And then on Monday, see if it's made a difference and then you can like decide what you want to do. And she was so different by Monday that I just didn't breastfeed again. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is the right thing. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, oh, you know, should I have one last breastfeed? Like, and I just actually was like, no, it's like, it's, it's, we had our, our special like time and it was just 
you know, time to move on from it. And it was yeah. really just about what was best for Sienna. I just wanted her to be comfortable. I wanted her to be happy. I wanted her to be able to have proper naps in the day, sleep through the night. And it was a total game changer. Um, we then had a proper routine. She slept through the night. She, she had day naps and it was just like, I felt like I slowly started to get my life back and started to feel a bit more human because I, you know, was having that time and actually having an evening with Hugo, which was so nice mm. again. Well, because sleep's a huge thing. Absolutely yeah. huge. And I know that um, you found the first six weeks quite tough. Do you think sleep was also a part of that? Definitely, yeah. It, you just, you don't feel like yourself when you don't sleep. And yeah. I definitely know that it affects my mental health quite a lot when I'm not sleeping well. Um, and, you know, we, we still go through phases, like Sienna just got a, a third tooth and like last week, you know, was crying a bit in the night. And I don't know about you with yours when they were little babies, but when they've cried like one night, then the next night, even if they sleep through, you're, like, you're often awake thinking like, are they going to cry tonight? Or if they cry yeah. once and then the rest of the night, like kind of only half asleep because I'm expecting like, is she going to cry again? Or is it, and you're like yeah. kind of sleeping with like one ear open, one eye open. How are Sienna's hips now? Um, they are, thanks for asking, uh, they seem to be good. We had, it was a bit weird, we had a, a follow-up appointment over Zoom, which is what they're doing at the moment. I kind of yeah. thought, how can you tell if things are fine? Uh, but, uh, she, you know, the um, specialist physio usually, like, watched how Sienna was crawling and she said it looks completely normal and she... There's different like types of hip dysplasia and different like levels of severity, and and we were lucky she she didn't have a really severe case, um, and they were they they said they really don't take the harness off um, mm. unless they're sure that it's done the job. It was just one of her hips where the the socket wasn't deep enough, and then it, right. the the harness helped it to like kind of grow properly um, so that the hip like was secure. And um, they said they won't do any checks now till she's 18 months. But they're like in terms of like a, an X-ray or a scan. Yeah. But I think they're seeing her when she's one. So in May, we've actually got a, an appointment like in person for them to just do a physical examination and just have a feel and, and have a look at how she's moving and stuff. But they said the fact she was crawling really early was a good sign. And hopefully she'll be, I mean, she's trying to stand up now. So I think she'll be walking when, around the time when she's one. That must have been worrying uh, when you were told that. But did you have any idea that something wasn't quite um, right or was it literally in a, in a routine appointment? I It was a routine appointment because she was breech. Ah. breech. Breech babies and especially girl babies who are breech are more likely to have hip dysplasia. So because she was breech, she, I had a scan, um, a routine scan, which is done on the NHS. I took her in when she was six weeks old and they said it was kind of too early to tell, but they thought... Possibly something was wrong with one of the hips, but that it, they thought it would correct itself naturally over the next six weeks. So it went away, and I really, honestly, did, I didn't even, like, Google it. I don't know if it sounds bad. I just, I wasn't worried about it, because they kind of said, like, yeah. we're sure it would kind of, like, sort itself out. And then, so when I took her in at 12 weeks, and they said, actually, no, you, you'd like, should, we've got to, like, put her in a harness today. And, you know, we left the hospital with her you know, in a harness. It, and actually, I, I had to go to the appointment on my own because of COVID. So Hugo, like, couldn't even, you know, be there. And it was, it was, I, it was a real shock. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, it took, I was like, wait, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? Like, I, what's actually going on? And I didn't know um, much about the condition. I hadn't, I'd never even heard of this harness before. And I did have my doubts, you know, I was like, is this the only option? I I felt kind of angry. Like, should I explore? Should I get a different, you know, get another doctor? Get should I get yeah. a different opinion? Um, does this harness work? Because you know, she was crying and crying for the first and a couple of days. Like the first night, I slept with her on my chest the entire night. I didn't sleep. Like mm. she was literally the only way she wouldn't cry was just if I like held her in a particular way on my chest. So I just like sat up with her like this. That was really hard because she, it, she was such a happy, like, chilled-out baby most of the time apart from a bit of reflux. But, and while she was getting used to the harness, she just was so confused and kind of looking at us, like, why do I have to wear this thing? And yeah, that it was really hard not to just take it off, to be honest. I wanted to just take it off and just be like, no, like, there's got to be another way I'm not doing it. 
I'm not surprised. Oh, that was, it was a test for sure. But the day it came off was just the best feeling and it just makes you so grateful when, you know, things are good. It makes you really appreciate all the, all the little things. Yeah. And, um, and I'm so grateful that, that you know, that they, they caught it and she's not, hopefully she's not going to have any issues, you know, with her movement at all during her life. A lot of people on Instagram, I actually posted about it and I had such an amazing response from people and loads of people messaged me saying, I should have had this harness when I was little and they didn't find it in time or it hadn't been invented yet. And because of that, I've had so many operations and issues throughout my life. So they, lots of people were kind of saying like, you're really lucky that you found it. And so many yeah. parents also messaging me, loads of mums saying how amazing the harness was, sending me pictures of their baby in the harness and and then pictures and videos of them then like, you know, running around as whatever as a two-year-old going, promise you it works. And I just actually found um, social media so helpful. And so it was so, well, it just, yeah, it just, it, in that situation, like it just, it gave me a lot of hope and made me feel... Yeah less alone and less scared. And I think I've really tried to post in quite an honest and candid way throughout my pregnancy and kind of motherhood journey so far, because I think it it, people, it does help people also if they can, you know, relate to what you're going through. And, and you so. really have. It feels like, as an outsider looking in, like you've really shifted in terms of what you put out there and how much of you you put out there. Um, you know, there is Thank just you. this beautiful honesty, this candidness. I know that I've messaged you about it before and just sort of said how much your words and for other mums going through it, how much they will help. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You were also very honest about how you were feeling emotionally after giving birth. Would you say that you experienced postnatal depression or was it something else? Was it hormones? What was it? I, at the time, what I found really scary is that I didn't know what it was. And I like to be quite in control. And I couldn't gauge whether I did have postnatal depression or whether it was the baby blues. So kind of, mm. you know, people talk about the baby blues and, oh, you're going to be a bit tearful and it's really normal to be up and down. But I'd, I had some really low days and it was hard because I was so 
like in love with Sienna and so happy. But then, you know, a couple of hours later, I could just be feeling completely blue, really, really low, couldn't stop crying. And there were, you know, there were days definitely as well. It was hard for Hugo. Like he would then be like, like, are you okay? Like, and and then yeah. I'd be like, oh God, I need you to tell me I'm okay. Don't you freak out about me not being okay. And then, you know, I... I we literally had that <laughs> moment. We had that moment where I was crying and then Tom started crying yeah. and it was just this And the baby's crying. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. all crying. Um, <laughs> and then I kept being like, but I should be happy. Why am I not happy? But why don't... And then I, because I'd be like, have this expectation that, you know, you've got your beautiful baby and like, you should be happy all the time, but of course it is actually really hard as well. And you're, you yeah. are tired and, you know, your body's just been through this massive thing. And now you're, you're trying to deal with like the biggest shift in your life ever. So I, looking back on it, and I didn't, I chose not to speak about it until a bit of time had passed because I wanted to mm. be sure. I didn't want to talk about it while I was right in the thick of it. And I think it was the baby blues because by... My six-week checker had kind of passed. Yeah. One thing I'd read that you did, which I thought was brilliant, is that you wrote almost like a a mood journal. So you wrote it down how you were feeling at different points. I wrote in a journal every day, like a diary, a a really brief diary of what was going on with Sienna. So, you know, dirty nappies, wet nappies, times of feeds, how much, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so... In there, I would just put, like, even sometimes just, like, a sad or happy face, Mm. whether I'd felt low on that day or not. So then that was actually something that my doctor recommended doing because he was like, just keep a track of it. And then when you come for your six-week check, we can really, like, look at it and and try to work out what's going on and and if we need to, like, get you some treatment and, like, don't freak out because, like, we're going to keep an eye on it. And then and that that did actually really help. How did it feel when you started sharing about that experience because so many women would be able to relate to that yes it so many people said they um, had experienced the same thing and they feel like it's not talked about enough and yeah I definitely felt like I connected with a a lot of women and it it made me really emotional as well just you know bring Mm -hmm. a lot of it like back up and I think often we do just put a brave face on it well, because we know that we have to, we should be thankful that we've got this little yeah, baby that we've longed for, and and we all want to be super mum and swimming through it and making it, you know, as amazing as you know everyone seems to find yeah. it. And actually, it's 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 far more complex than that. It's not straightforward. I mean, yeah, there will be times when you're crying with happiness, but at the same time, sadness. Like it, yeah. it's. You know, <laughs> I know that feeling so well. You're just like, I actually don't know this what this is sweet. right now. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a confusing feeling. You go, why are you crying? I don't know. And like, you'd be like, what's wrong? And I'd be like, the fact I don't know is like, what's wrong? Like, <laughs> I literally broke down in tears. My aunt had told me that um, I shouldn't be eating tomatoes and while breastfeeding. <sighs> And what? after they'd left, my brother and my sister over, and I can just remember breaking down in tears, like proper breakdown in tears. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't about the tomatoes. It was everything, all just like building up. But yeah, it's just those tiny things that can that you don't know what's going to say. Exactly, you just don't know. I found the, the first few weeks, everything was really difficult thinking about, you know, anything like, oh, we need food. Okay, well... I couldn't, I, you know, but your brain is just so taken up with the baby. It's, I found it really difficult to function and, and do much more than literally just breastfeed. And yeah. I was so hungry those first few weeks. It just, this insane hunger. Like, I was hungry when I was pregnant. When I got home from hospital, I've never been so hungry. It was like when my milk came in, I just was ravenous all the time. And that didn't, I don't think that stopped till I finished breastfeeding. No. We used to have snacks by the bed. For yeah. those midnight feeds. And I remember the first few What weeks, did you have? Uh, boring things like crackers and stuff, to be fair. But I can remember we used to turn the light... Like, first baby, we would turn the light on. We'd both... Like, Tom would be there. We'd watch Countdown, like, really <laughs> early in the morning. We'd make a thing of it. By third baby, you're just rummaging around in the dark trying to find the baby to put on the boob. Yeah. But first time round, yeah, we had all the snacks up there, all the drinks, everything prepared for, that, for that, those nighttime feeds. I really would have a baby bell <laughs> and a fruit roll-up. 
Really? Like, and a breastfeeding cookie. The, oh my gosh, I had breastfeeding cookies third time round. They're insane. Yeah. yeah, but I really didn't need all of them. But, you know, it was like, I just was like, <laughs> there was like this magic combination. So each feed, I would have that in the night. And then my daytime feeds, like Hugo would get me a kind of like ice cream with like, <laughs> or it would be like, you know, healthy ice cream, like yeah. vegan ice cream, but with like, you know, granola on top and like banana <laughs> on top. So good. But, um, yeah, so I can't. I don't eat like that now all the time. But I enjoyed it, and and Sienna enjoyed it because she got some really great nutritious milk. Yeah, that baby milk, that baby bell just went straight yeah, to her. My she milk was actually like, like cream. It was like so thick. <laughs> so funny about the uh, breastfeeding cookies because I can remember getting them, and uh, I I think nearly every feed I was like, I think I need one for this feed because yeah. it will help. <laughs> it will help. It will it will make a difference to milk. <laughs> Another thing that you've been amazing about, because you've always been into fitness, as, as long as I've followed you, fitness is a huge thing for you. And what you've been brilliant at sharing is the idea of looking at your body. There's something brilliant that you said about looking in the mirror and not really recognising the person there, like not seeing, yeah. it's a weird thing of not seeing who was there before. Yeah. Um, so that thing of almost respecting and loving your body. Yeah. But also loving it as it is, but trying not to break that down by comparing yourself to the body, the body that you had before. The pre-baby body. Mm. Yeah. One thing I really, I struggle with it is people always just saying, to me when I was pregnant, oh, you'll get your body back in no time. You know, you'll you'll bounce back. You'll have because your you're pre- slim and tall, aren't your you? Your pre-baby body. I have always been naturally slim. Like that is my frame. Yeah. Um. It's only it was only in my twenties that I got into exercise and actually started to have a kind of more like toned physique mm. because that's not my natural thing. It, I, that was just through you know I wanted to have that strong. Like athletic look, and I and yeah. I really enjoyed exercise. Um, and when I got pregnant, I was, I feel like in my kind of best physical shape, so to mm. speak. Like just through having a really healthy lifestyle, being in a, feeling really strong, being in a really good place in my fitness. I'd, you know, and kind of found a really good balance of the way I like to eat for just my kind of general like well-being. I guess like a good balance. And then I got pregnant, and I had, you know. I really enjoyed eating during my pregnancy and and I have to say not being at all restrictive and not having kind of I'll just have my cheat meal on the weekend it was like yeah. hey I'll have cake every day of the week <laughs> <laughs> and I did it I really enjoyed that but it did mean after I gave birth I found it and I think it's good to be honest about it I, I found it really hard to deal with the kind of weight I'd gained um mm. after I'd given birth because when I was pregnant I just was like I loved my my pregnant body and I felt so proud of my my bump and my kind of bigger boobs and I like loved my curves and I loved like dressing to show off my bump yeah and then after I'd had the baby it was like I just still looked pregnant for a kind of almost like three months I'd say Millie, some days I still look pregnant and yeah well (laughs) same especially at the I do especially at the end of the day it's like the lower stomach and it, and I just found it really hard to dress. I felt really self-conscious. Um, and I had, you know, my big breastfeeding boobs and, I, and it was the summer and I just, I just found it really, really difficult to find clothes that fit me and feel like me. And then yeah. just looking looking in the mirror when I undressed, I found tricky for a while. It was hard to actually practice that like self-love and accept my my new body. Can I ask, did you ever know before having a baby that your body... I mean, every body is different anyway, but having people say to you, you'll lose it, no problem, you know, you're going to go back to that. Ugh. Was it then a shock afterwards because of that? Because you've always yeah. been slim it, and yeah, honestly, people are saying was, that. It was a shock. And I think there's a lot of these terms thrown around and like a lot of like myths. And it is so different for everybody. But things like it just the weight just falls off of your breastfeed it didn't for me. Yeah, no. <laughs> because of those cookies that we were eating, I, I think, think I really. put weight on while I was breastfeeding. Like, because I was like, I'm, I can eat all these extra calories. It's just going straight into my milk. But I think I took that like, and then, and then some. <laughs> um, and I wasn't like moving much. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a shock. People say, 
yeah, or when you people tell you when you stop breastfeeding, it also just falls off. Um, I also didn't find that happened. It took a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, nothing just fell off overnight. Like, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> it's taken me like almost a year to, and I'm not back at my pre-baby weight, and I'm not fixated on that at all. But it's taken me. I'll say it's taken me nearly a year to start fitting into my clothes again. Mm. And that's longer than I probably. If you'd said to me when I first got pregnant, before I was pregnant, like it will take you a year to like fit into like some of your clothes. Probably, I probably would have thought it would have been sooner than that. Um, but I really haven't kind of wanted to beat myself up about it. You know, we have been in lockdown, so it's been really easy to wear lots of <laughs> loungewear and lycra and things with, you know, no tight jeans and things with, yeah. like, restrictive waistbands. Um, so it's actually been quite a good time to, like, not worry about the wardrobe because where would I have worn it anyway? Yeah. I always found, I have always found, I still find it now, that I have moments where I'm like... I'm fine. My body's growing babies, like growing yeah. humans. I'm absolutely fine. And then other moments where I'm like, why does nothing fit me? So it's yeah. that weird thing of kind of, Definitely. to be honest, I, I hate to say it because I'm going to touch wood here, but for quite a while now, I've just been a bit like, this is me. I'm fine. I've not been able to move around much because we're in lockdown and the kids yeah. are here all the time and we maybe go out once a day for a walk in the woods and that's all the movement that we're having. And I don't have yeah. that spare time to exercise. But um, I think it is interesting for so many women how it, 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 you have highs and lows when it comes to your perception of your body and your body confidence. And sometimes you're there and you're loving it and other times not so much. I think that also just comes with different times of the month. I don't know about yeah. you, but when I'm just before my period, I, like just like this last week, I've been like, oh, I'm so bloated. And, oh. mm. and then like when I'm ovulating, I'm always like, my body looks great. Like... <laughs> <laughs> My boobs are a bit bigger. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for it. (laughs) Kind of like, hmm. Um, So I definitely think different times of the month. I fluctuate naturally anyway and would have times where I just feel a bit more, ugh. Um, But I think it's nice. One thing I found in lockdown is just sometimes just making the effort to, like, you know, dry my hair and, and not just like let it naturally dry, like, you know, style it, tong it, put a bit of makeup on, put on something that makes me feel nice, whether that's, you know, even just, it could just be loungewear, but just like, you know, fancy loungewear rather than the one that's got six stains on it. Or, you know, a pair of, just something, you know, something my I love that, that we've got to the stage where we wear fancy loungewear. That's where we're at in life. <laughs> just the bit that's not got a poo stain. That's all I yeah, want. <laughs> just, just the one that's like, yeah, not stained. It's actually clean. Um, or just, yeah, putting on a favourite dress or something. And maybe whether it's for like a, a date night with Hugo where we're having, we on Friday nights, we like to kind of have a nice meal and, you know, something that we maybe haven't cooked and have yeah. like a glass of wine. It's nice to make that effort and kind of remind yourself that when you put in a bit of effort to make yourself feel nice, that you're like, oh, I still got it. Like, you know, and <laughs> I think it's just, it's important as a mum to do that, remind yeah. yourself that you're like a person as well as a mum. Do you feel like this has changed you two as a couple at all? I think because our relationship, because we've known each other so long and we've got a really good friendship at the base of our relationship, Hmm. that our relationship's like built on that. Um, I've found that we've just, that's really just been strengthened and I feel like we are such, such good friends and such a good team with, with Sienna. We found a really good balance of, okay, honey, like, you know, on the weekends, like one day, one of us has a lion and the other one will have a lion or, you know, we take turns like making dinner while the other one does like bed and bath time and trying to just check in with each other and make sure, okay, honey, like you really look, seem like you need some fresh air. Why don't you go for a walk? Like I'll take mm. her for an hour and just trying to kind of be quite mindful of each other's like mental health with lockdown as well. Yeah, obviously there's, it's hard at times, but I think we've never really argued much and obviously apart from the really tired in the middle of the night like you go no can you go like <laughs> you know we just it happens so, to everyone it still happens in our house there's yeah. that gentle nudge that's actually a bit more of a shove out of yeah. the bed <laughs> <laughs> no he he's he, he is really good i found i have to sometimes just tell him when i need him to do something right he's not going to guess yeah like I, it's just unless i actually say honey i need you to do this I've, I've had to learn to communicate better rather than just 
um, being like passive aggressive. And that's so true because so often it is that thing of why can you not just read my mind? Yeah, and they, they why can't can read you your not mind. just do it? Yeah, so it is that thing of actually maybe just sometimes vocalizing it, and they'll go, "Oh yeah, I'll do that," and it, rather yeah. than just kind of going around the kitchen cupboard and slamming things a little bit. Yeah. You're just kind of going, do you know what? It'd be really helpful. Or I'd if say you... it, but not say it, and that really annoys him. Like I'd kind of be like. <laughs> And then he'd be like, do you just want to ask me to do it? And I'd be like, can't you just tell I want you to do it? So why wouldn't you just do it? Because <laughs> I want you to ask me. <laughs> Can you not just do it? Just Tom, do it. Um, this, <laughs> Tom, this morning, for the first time of the whole of lockdown, I can't remember the last time I've ever seen him do it, he got the laundry out the basket and was separating it into what well, he did go whites and colours and darks together. Uh, okay, but like... Which was okay. And then I just... And it was, was like, like a mixed oh, load and at least there mixed, was a light. Yeah. At least the light and dark were separate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we are a family of five. That's a lot of clothes in the yeah. dark and colour. Uh, so I did say, oh, we, we, I usually cut, uh, separate those. But the fact that he did it without me... I, I was so taken aback that he was even doing it. That's good. Yeah. I fell in love with him all over again in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Millie, I wrote a book about letters. It's all of letters on motherhood. And I was wondering if you could write a letter on motherhood. It could be to anyone, anything. So my letters were the, to the kids, to Tom, to me, to okay. body bits, to my phone. Who would you write a letter to and what would it say? Wow. I actually wrote myself a letter before I was pregnant saying, in a year's time, you'll be pregnant. Did you? Yeah, I went to the body camp and it's this place in Ibiza where you go and do a kind of really healthy week of like hiking and yoga and and they do lots of like life coaching and it's really, really great. And when I was there, like it was like a kind of exercise, we all to write a letter to ourselves and, and like literally they all like took them away, like stored them and then they put them in the post, you know, whatever, to arrive a year later. And when I opened it, it said like, you will be pregnant and... Oh, it was like, I, I'd like completely forgotten about it. <laughs> oh, it my really gosh. Spooky. That's a good letter story. I like it. You've already written yourself a letter and it was futuristic in the sense that you basically predicted the future. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and we end every episode with you completing three sentences. Yeah. Okay. Being a mum means... The world to me. Since having children, I... Have I got my first grey hairs? Oh, Millie! I've got yeah. so many now. Honestly, yeah, they, I can remember they being... Keep, they keep appearing, they keep finding Are you pulling them out? The... Yeah. <laughs> Is that bad? Well, to be honest, I did. I did that a lot. And then I can remember being in labour, my third pregnancy, and between contractions, I was literally pulling out grey hairs <sighs> in the bathroom. Because you know, nothing happens between contractions, you're just there. And I can remember pulling out grey hairs in the mirror as something to do. Um, and then since then, since lockdown, I've kind of given up. But it's only if they're right in the front, I'm like, oh, you're coming out. Otherwise, I'm just like, oh, they're over. Well, yeah, if I can't see them, it's like, yeah. But I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. But it, it's scary, like, having kids. It's amazing, but it's also terrifying. And <laughs> it gives you grey hairs. It's stressful. <laughs> I haven't worked out yet whether I'm going to try and cover them up or not. Because I can't, I don't, I'm not very good at things that require maintenance, like colouring my hair, doing my nails, anything like that. I'm awful. So I think, I don't know, I don't know whether I just I embrace think, well, it's, it. I think it's a, just embrace it. Like, it's a, it's a real look. I think yeah. just go Do with I it. Do I have to go grey all at once, though? Is that the look, rather than grey hairs just here or there, Millie? Come on, tell me. <laughs> I feel like it's quite a look, quite like Sarah Harris, have this, like, long, kind of, like, white, yeah. grey hair. You could just like dye it pink or something fun. Just <laughs> maybe there we go. There we go. Thank you. Like kind of light, light pinky grey. Um, that was definitely a trend. But yeah, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do either yet. Whether I'm gonna colour it or just, just both holding our heads. Just kind of, I'm relax. not quite sure. <laughs> just don't look too close. <laughs> yeah, just like something that lean back. Um, yeah, I'm gonna embrace it. I think I'm not gonna panic about it. Nah. We're getting older. That's just a fact of life. Yeah. And the final sentence, I'm happy when. I was thinking about this one. I am happy when. Do you know, I've, it's that happy feeling when I've had a, a good day with Sienna, but she's gone to bed. And then I get my evening with Hugo. That's, oh. you know, but yeah. also 
I love I love waking up and getting to go and get her up. Aww. And you know how they're really cute in the morning. Me and Hugo fight each other to get to her bedroom door first. <laughs> this is probably really sad if it only ever happened with your first child. We often both go in together and just cuddle her like in a kind of family hug and it's like the best Aww. best like way to start the day. That is so beautiful. I can is picture that... you all doing that. That's gorgeous. Like Millie, thank you so much for taking your time, for giving us one of your precious evenings when Sienna's asleep. Thank you so much. Oh, no, well, thank you so much for having me. It's actually it's a really good time because she's asleep, your kids are asleep, you have such a hectic day. And <laughs> we're so glad that we found the time and managed to chat. It was so, it was so lovely and um, I've really enjoyed connecting with you and yeah. I think you're such an inspiration. Yeah.